Hello and welcome to Musing Interruptus. Thank you for clicking and thank you for listening. Pull up a seat next to me. I've been wanting to go off on a rant for some time. I've been dancing around the topic of resilience. According to Diane Coutu, a super expert, most theories on resilience enunciate three characteristics shared by people who are resilient. An obstinate acceptance of reality, the profound conviction that life has meaning, a belief that is based on deeply rooted values, and an awesome capacity to improvise. I'm not an expert, I'm merely a resilient enthusiast. Life, love, the universe, whatever, has knocked me down a couple of times. It's actually been a lot more than that, and I always get up. I admire that capacity in people, almost as much as I admire intelligence and curiosity and funniness, all part of the package, I guess. Before we start, this musing interruptus was inspired by a class I had with my student Fernando, who contributed to the conversation by bringing up the woodcarver in question. Daniel for telling me the uncensored version of Pinocchio, thank you to both, and a challenge launched by my sister Andres. So, if this is toilet, we can just say it's all on them. A lot of Disney's animations are very sad. For the life of me, I can't get through a second viewing of Dumbo, Bambi, or Pinocchio. These are a special kind of mental torture that I would prefer to sit out. I've had Geppetto on my mind, especially since Fernando decided to talk about the cruelty of a wooden boy being kicked out of a school. He was particularly miffed with the school teacher. In all honesty, I think I would have done the same thing. How do you explain a walking, talking wooden puppet who thinks he can learn and arrives at my school? Call me mean-hearted, but I too would kick out that wooden fiend hailing from hell. Come on, I mean, any responsible school teacher would keep a demon away from their students. Seen from another perspective, if you as a teacher realize you're starting to have hallucinations, I bet there are a lot of teachers who would agree with me. You have to put a lot of things in order, like your lesson plans, materials, and notes, and find a suitable sub, an available substitute, before you deign take care of yourself. In any case, I think the teacher was in the right to protect the classroom from demons. Maybe, considering the times, the teacher's actions would have been considered above and beyond had he called the exorcists from the local Catholic Church. According to my calculations, if the story happened in a Tuscan town, the approximate distance from the prisoner in the Vatican was about a day's worth of horse riding, thus taking a whole two days off from teaching, which is unthinkable for a teacher covering a syllabus. Let's face it, it would have been longer, considering the newly unified Italy had a ways to go in terms of nation building. 
the teacher would have found obstacles on the road. So the best bet would have been to alert the local church or burn the possessed puppet in a bonfire or nearest witch burning. Let's look at the root of this story. Geppetto the woodcarver. He was a widower who had also lost his son. How it happened is not disclosed in the Disney version. As you know, Disney filtered out what they thought unnecessary or maybe even inappropriate for the times. In any case, what's up with this story? It was written in 1883, a full 30 years after psychosis as a concept was introduced to psychiatric literature. Let's set aside for a moment how mental health has always been stigmatized, leaving people to self-diagnose or for a community to provide unscientific explanations, resulting in terrible situations for the patient. Geppetto's story is a story of psychosis, revealing deep-seated guilt and cruelty issues stemming from his mother's withholding love and tenderness. I'll tell you how I came to this. Number one, the pain from losing his wife and son is enough to break any normal human being. Trauma can lead to psychosis, a mental health disorder revealing loss of contact with reality. That may include hallucinations or delusions and trouble thinking clearly, among other symptoms. There is a question of what happened. I believe a sense of guilt from surviving their death is possible. However, guilt could also be a byproduct of, of perpetuating a crime. I think we need a detective for this one. Number two. His cruel mother shines through in his hallucination of the blue fairy. Think about it. Who in their right mind would fantasize a magical occurrence vis-a-vis -vis transforming an inert wooden puppet into a walking, talking, dancing, childlike being that would ultimately only bring suffering to Geppetto? As in those times, unlike these, the stigma of having an autonomous puppet-like child could only be explained through black magic or demonic possession. This hallucination never had a chance to succeed in terms of bringing actual long-lasting happiness to Geppetto. His inability to fantasize and wish on that shooting star for something that would have actually been accepted by current societal standards reveal the limitations of his psyche. Why not wish for a nice young plump wife? You know the kind who, in exchange for room and board and social standing, cook, clean, fucking laugh at all your jokes? Nobody would have thought less of Geppetto had he wished upon a star for a nice young wife. I would love to have that wife who doesn't need that wife. Furthermore, this parapraxis or failed act of letting his wish come true, walk to school alone, only confirms Geppetto's inability to believe he deserves happiness, proven by the fact that he doesn't protect it. What else does he think could have happened to a walking, talking, dancing, wooden puppet that looked like a young five or six-year-old child walking alone to school? Give me a break. 
Fairy tales are meant to be cautionary tales. This is a story that reveals the importance of treating mental health, banding together as a community after someone loses a family or family members, the, and battling the stigma of psychiatric treatment, and setting the conditions for the development of resilience. Wishing upon a star for all problems to go away is fine, but our toolbox for life must include, at the very least, Diane Cotu's observations of an obstinate acceptance of reality, the profound conviction that life has meaning, and an awesome capacity to improvise. Do you know who wasn't resilient? Geppetto. And you know who had a creepy community? Geppetto. So now we know more about what happened to Geppetto. There is still some investigation to be made around the massive loss he suffered and what actually happened while he was having these hallucinations. Here's my take on it and also my sister Andres' challenge for today's Musing Interruptus. The story starts out with a unification process of Italy. Geppetto, a young man at the time, had his mind filled with ideas of nationalism and toppling the Bourbon-Spanish dynasty. Scratch that. He was compelled by his love of a fair young woman who said she would marry him and bear his children should he come back after the war. So as any young heterosexual man would do, he said, yes, I will prove my love and valor to you and make you my young exquisite bride servant. Seemed like a fair trade for the times. So off he went to participate in the many victories led by the Italian general Giuseppe Garibaldi. As his young mind and body were motivated by the thought of the young woman waiting for his arrival at home, he experienced the atrocities of war. Regardless of the higher purpose, it was not enough to protect his mental health. Although he had only a musket to fight in battles, an already obsolete gun for the times, he along the red shirts were fearless. The difficulties came along when amputations called for the creation of wooden legs. Geppetto, a woodcarver, was urged by his superiors to find new ways to attach peg legs to the amputees and get them back on the battlefield in record time, which resulted in trial and error of sadistic proportions. Scratch that. His superiors enlisted him in a secret mission to obtain intel from the other side. This resulted in his capture and torture and later brainwashing into becoming a double agent for the Bourbons. He was broken to the point of belief that he was of Spanish descent. Scratch that. He thought that he was a descendant from Bourbon royalty and had to defeat the Red Shirts. This mission was doomed and Geppetto was let go, disoriented in his shell of himself. Scratch that. He was let go and he, being guided by love and the expectation of his young bride waiting patient and lovingly, makes his way back to his Tuscan town. Upon his arrival, he notices little had changed but one thing. His young bride-to-be was someone else's bride. It was his very own father who had taken her as a wife after convincing her his son had lost his life in a battle. Scratch that! That he had given his life 
valiantly for the cause and was in need of a new wife himself. It was the next best thing. She in turn agreed to this and Geppetto was greeted by his new twin brother and sister. Scratch that. He returns to his Tuscan town only to find his beautiful bride had been burned at the stake upon belief she was a witch, an unholy accusation by Geppetto's father after the young woman refused his advances. This is the reason Geppetto lost it. Thank you for listening. Scratch that. Thank you for hanging in there. And the questions are, do you have any favorite fairy tales? Have you thought about the reason fairy tales exist? Where do you think resilience comes from? And do you have any stories of resilience? What about yourself makes you proud? And what would you do if a puppet asked you your name? I'm listening.